that meet together at half past seven on a, a Tuesday morning, and the idea is that we pray together for Southport and that people will see that Jesus is Lord. And it's absolutely amazing because at one time it would have been unheard of that churches would get together and they're not praying for their particular denomination they're praying we're praying for the church of jesus christ and there are barriers coming down and it's wonderful to hear a testimony of ministers and laymen and ordinary members saying that how safe they feel one with the other and it's wonderful so i was in that that environment and I was just thinking of what was happening in the meeting. And quite unexpectedly, I had a picture, a very, very clear picture. And it was as if I saw a picture out of this eye and a picture out of that eye, and they were different. And then it, it sort of came together. And out of this, out of the one picture was, I could see someone wrestling really wrestling, tumbling over and standing up and tumbling over and, and moving, wrestling. And in the other one, the same person was just led back absolutely at rest. And I knew somehow that these two things had to come together. And I began to just ask the Lord, what was he saying to me? And I believe, I believe, first and foremost, it was to me that, that it was, it, he was speaking. And it's out of my thinking and out of um, what I felt it was being said that I want to share tonight. And of course, wrestling is scriptural. We're told, aren't we, first of all, that in Timothy, that we fight the good fight of faith. And it's well known that... Um, uh, Ephesians speaks about that we don't wrestle against uh, flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. So there is a place where you and I need to be wrestling, and we need to be coming against the enemy that would seek to rob and to steal. And the Bible tells us that we're not to be ignorant of his devices. Now, the Spirit-Filled Living Bible, it said that we have to recognize the excellence in Christian ministry often involves long struggles. And that's true sometimes. And in fact, I could, I could equate with that because at the moment, it's a struggle um, with Anna. Because I want to see her able to do what God has called her to do. And because she isn't well, she isn't sometimes able even to get out to the Sunday morning meeting. And that means her gift of, of, of singing and prophesying in song, the church is being robbed. So in a way, there's a battle going on there. We're also told, haven't we, that we have to bring every thought into the captivity and the obedience of Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but there are times I don't know where my thoughts can come from. I can be sitting, thinking about something good, and there seems to be a negative thought can just come into your head. Is it only me? Or can the, 
you, you can identify with what I'm saying. So, in a way, we have to... There is that battle on to um, bring our thoughts to Jesus Christ into the obedience of him. Now, I believe, and this is what, you know, this is Doreen, that, so, that the battleground, could I say, for our wrestling and our fighting can be in prayer. Um, Paul in Ephesians uses a, could I say, a metaphor to explain this truth. I understand that when he was in prison, even though he had his own house, he would still have been uh, with a Roman guard. And that would, guard would have been on duty, and he would be standing there with his um, uh, helmet and his breastplate and his, his shield and his sword and, uh, and so forth. And I could just picture that Paul, uh, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and writing, and would glance at that, and it would give him a picture of the truth of, of our battle that we have. And he used that. Now, we're told that he was dressed in this armor. He had the belt of trust, the breastplate of righteousness. His feet were shod with the gospel of peace. He had the shield of faith. He had the helmet of salvation. He had the sword, the sword which is the word of God. And if you think about it, every part of that armor, every single part is Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? He's our salvation. He's our righteousness. He's the word, that sword. He is, and we are exhorted that we have to put on the whole armor of God. And you know, I rebel a little about that, a little bit about that because I think we should never take it off. I, th I, I believe that each day we should be conscious, and I'm not always there myself, but we should be conscious that we are dressed every day ready for battle. But I have found that sometimes the greatest battle can be in the early hours of the morning. And I can, I can illustrate that. Um, I think it would be three years ago, uh, Sunday morning, I had a real burden for my daughter. I, could, I didn't know what it was, but I had a real burden. And I, I just longed there would be an opportunity that I could ask the believers to, to pray, but there wasn't that opportunity. And I got a call from my son-in-law to say that he had taken um, Anna to the, it was, a, it was a, I think it was Easter Sunday, and he'd taken her to the place where the, you could get a doctor. And he just dismissed her and sent her home. And Craig rang me again to say that Anna's so ill that he didn't know what to do. And I said, well, I'll come. And I had little Nathan. And I said, well, I'll come and I'll take Anna to hospital. You have, you look after Nathan. 
And I can't begin to describe what it was like to get Anna into the car with the pain and the sick and the, just all that she was, she could hardly move. And I took her and we had to, even though they saw what, what state she was in, they still allowed her to be in the queue. And it was, she was getting worse and worse and worse and eventually got into the doctor. The doctor took one look and phoned that somebody would come over from the, from the hospital, which was only a matter from perhaps here to the top car that I can see. And they got her into a wheelchair and they wheeled her over. And they, t they told me if we'd been 30 minutes later, we'd have lost her. And I just... Uh, she was in intensive care uh, for that day. And that night when I was in bed, I was awakened. And I felt, I felt a real evil. I don't know how to put it in words, but there was something that wasn't right in the room. And, and, and I, I, I wanted to pray and I couldn't, but I knew I sat up. And I just said, Jesus, as loud as I could. And I sensed that it was over Anna, that there was a battle over Anna. And I just kept saying the name of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And, and it lifted and I went back to sleep. And the next day when I was able to see Anna, Anna was able to say to me, she said, Mum, there was something very evil in my room. There was something very frightening, and I don't know what it was, but it suddenly lifted. And I praise God for that. And you know, I'm, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn that when God prompts me to pray, that I'll do it. And I've still got the tendency, maybe I'm sitting listening to the news and I, I knit jumpers for ch charity at the same time and, and uh, something on the news and I'll feel just to pray about that and I'll sort of think, I'll finish this row. But you know, I'm learning that there's, there's a time and we don't know what God has placed on us that we're able to battle, that we might see that answer come around. So we battle in prayer. And Ephesians 6 and verse 18 tells us that we're praying always with all prayer. So there's all kinds of prayer. There's supplication, there's listening, there's, there's petition, there's intercession, there's praise. And we use our weapon, which is the word of God. We use that, that sword, that word. And we've been given great promises. We know that God, isn't it wonderful that God's word tells us that he's, 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 he's not a man, he can't lie. God can't lie. His word is the truth. His word is a living word. His word is able to do things that we don't even understand or see. And somehow I want to get into the place that in this battle we can use the word. We can have our shield of faith that we say we believe. 
And, and, and I'll be honest with you, and I'm, I'm sure many of you can identify with me, it can be very difficult to still keep believing, having faith when you pray and you don't see anything happen. When you pray and you go back the next hour and things are just the same. And even sometimes, then, when I go in the next morning and I can see how Anna is, and she'll say, Mum, I'm supposed to go, to, uh, uh, whatever she had to do that day, and I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I say, well, I'll pray. And it's almost as if there's a little voice or something on your shoulder saying, what's the use you prayed yesterday? Am I the only one that understands things like that? <coughs> But you know, I ignore that and I still pray. And I'm praying that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus up from the dead will quicken my daughter's body. And at times she'll have gone, did what she had to do and say, Mom, I got through the day. So it is a battle. It is a battle. And then we not only have the word and the name of Jesus, but the blood of Jesus. There's such power in the blood of Jesus. Now, you can say, well, I can understand about battling, but where does it come in with, my, with the other picture that I saw? And I think that we have to realize that it's a position of resting in Christ. He paid the price on the cross. It is finished. He has disarmed the principalities and powers. Now, I don't know why, if they're disarmed, why they can be so effective. But he has. But God has a plan and a purpose. And we have to battle from the position of peace. Perhaps easier said than done. But isn't it, isn't it Hebrews that say that there's a rest, that we can enter into the rest? That we don't have to work. But there's a rest. And I am trying. I, and it will be God who will help. But I want to learn that when I battle, I'm not frustrated. I'm not disappointed. I'm not tired out. Because I am resting. If Jesus Christ died upon that cross, Jesus Christ took those stripes upon his back. He shed his blood that we might be saved, redeemed in his family, that we might learn to know that he 
is the one that does the work. I don't understand God, and I don't think anybody can, because he is a God of gods, only one God, only true God. I use adjectives that he's mighty, he's powerful, he's holy, he's all-loving. And you know, I don't really understand that because I've never been where there's no sin. And so I don't understand God's holiness. I believe what the Bible says, but I haven't experienced it. None of us have if we're truthful. So we have to, I have to come to the place where, where God is even greater than my understanding of him. And we need him. Do you know something that, you know, I've been a Christian, not only is my birthday this biggie coming up in a couple, few days, ten days or something, but at the end of this month, I've got another birthday. On the 29th of September, 1949, I give my heart to Jesus Christ, and he's kept me for those 64 years. And I've loved God's word. I've loved his house. And I don't think I have deliberately turned my back on him. There are times the pressure of life made me so tired that it was hard to pray. You're so busy, you're so tired with a handicapped child and so forth. But I've loved God and he's been so faithful to me all those years. But you know what my prayer is lately? God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will you come and illuminate Make real, afresh, the truths that I've known for years. Because I found myself, maybe it's only me, but I found myself when somebody's speaking or something that I'm thinking, oh yes, I know that. And then you, with that attitude, you can miss something fresh that God wants to say to you now. And I'm really, I mean it sincerely. I want God to underline in my heart and give me a fresh understanding of the truth that I've held dear for years. And I believe that that would help all of us if we did that. Now, there are two, am I all right for time? Um, there are two Old Testament uh, scriptures or stories that sort of illustrate that. You know the story of Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20? And he had done what was right for the Lord. He had put, um, he tried to tidy things up and bring God's word back and be obedient to God and things were going well. And then suddenly, the, the enemies all came against him. 
And you know, that speaks to me again. Has it happened to you? You've done something really good. You've had victory through your prayer or talking to somebody or sharing the gospel or, or ministering or whatever. And it just seems the next day as if something, it, the enemy comes in like a flood. And this is what happened to Jehoshaphat. And I am so thankful for scripture because it says that Joshua feared. I am glad that God knows and glad God is honest. Do you know that some human beings, when they're testifying and when they're writing account, they only tell you the good things. They only tell you when they've had the answer. They don't share the struggle or the fears that they might have felt. But it's, it's not wrong to fear and to be honest. It's what you do with it. And the Bible tells me that Joshua sought the Lord. You know the story. He sought the Lord and um, he, he told God what the problem was and he gave, told God what the promises were. And then the Holy Spirit moved in the camp and the word came through someone. Stand still. The battle is not yours, but the Lord's. The battle is not yours, but the Lord's. And I believe that that's a word for someone in here tonight. That you feel that you're in a battle. You've got fear. You're concerned. But the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. The battle is not yours, but the Lord's. And that brought about a change. The army still went out to fight. But there was a difference. They went out. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, God is good. I don't have to worry. They were on their bed of ease. But in the battle. And we know the outcome of that story. That when, when they went out praising the Lord in belief of his word, it was the Lord that won, that fought the battle. <coughs> then again, in, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, we have David against the, the Philistines. Do you remember that? that uh, he went out to battle and he asked the Lord if he would go out and battle with them where they were and the Lord said yes and he went out and had a great victory and he said it was like a breakthrough and how we rejoice when we've had a breakthrough I love having a breakthrough and seeing prayer answered but it wasn't too long before those Philistines gathered together and I believe that there's a real lesson in this. David didn't say, oh, we went out and fought. God's the God of the breakthrough. We'll just go and do the same thing the same way and we'll have the same answer. But he, the Bible says that he sought the Lord. And the Lord said, no, don't do that. And you know, sometimes I can be like that. We treat a similar situation the way we did the last one. 
and we need to ask God for guidance. And I believe that even in prayer, that we don't just pray the same prayers or quote the same scriptures, good as that is. And I believe sometimes because it's that way, the same prayer, the same kind of thing, week after week. That's why people don't go to prayer meetings. We have very little prayer meetings in some of the churches in England at the moment. I believe that a prayer meeting should be exciting because it's different every time. And it's different every time, not because we haven't got needs, not because we haven't got the need to pray, but because we're led of the Spirit how to pray. And so, <coughs> David listened. And the word came. Do you remember? That there were <coughs> to wait till there was that sound. I think the old King James said the sound in the mulberry bushes. I think the new King James says about, that there was the sound of marching. And I believe as some other commentators do, I really believe that when we ask God how, what way do we go about it, and we, we are looking to him, we activate something in the heavenlies. Well, we activate God in the heavenlies, and he sends out the angels. And in that story, if it's right, that if I got it right, that they, they, they sent ambushes. They didn't have to fight. Those Philistines were defeated. Now, I picked this up. This is the Bible I like if I'm, I'm speaking. I don't know why I like this Bible when I'm speaking. I've got another Bible. It's just the same and I get it home. And when I got this out for this trip, th this was in it. And it's Charles Stanley. He said there were hundreds, maybe even thousands of trained Israelite soldiers who were much more qualified to do battle with Goliath than David. But their response in Goliath's threats were a paralyzing fear, stress, frustration, David, on the other hand, didn't seem to be upset at all. Why? Because the battle was God's, not his. Apart from the Lord, he didn't stand a chance. But with the help of the Lord, he was confident that everything would turn out all right. And I just felt that those Bible stories, Bible truths, illustrate that lying on that bed of ease. I have to obey God. I have to pray and perhaps wrestle with the name of Jesus. But I don't do it from fear. I do it from an absolute confidence that when I obey the spirit of the living God, my God is going to answer. My God is going to send the angels. 
My God is going to send the answer. My God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think. And most people stop there, but it's according to the power that works in us. And maybe that power that's in us tonight is to really get down on our knees and seek God's face. But we come with a boldness as we are invited to. We come with that boldness because we know that we've been cleansed in the precious blood of Jesus. We know that he's, he's, he's our heavenly father. We know that, that we're welcome. We know that he wants everything good for us. He, that's what he wants. And if we really, really believe that, if we really believe, we would rest and yet obey. And that's what I want to learn, and that's what I want to be. And I, I don't mind admitting that I'm still learning. Hallelujah. And God is still speaking, and God's still leading, and God's still guiding. And God is still answering prayer. Right, okay. David just asked me that, that I would pray. And I want to say this, should there be anyone here tonight, I don't know you all, but if there should be anyone here tonight and you're not absolutely sure that you're a child of God, you can be sure. Because the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. And there's a, 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 you know, we sit in a church like this or at a street corner or wherever. And if someone re recognizes that they haven't asked Jesus as their savior, there's a transaction that takes place in the heavens. I don't, I can't explain it. But when you honestly Say, I've sinned, I need your cleansing, come into my life. You, the Bible tells me that you are taken out of the world and you're transferred into the family of God. And you know, then you can call Almighty God your Father because you're in His family. So that's the first thing. And if if the Holy Spirit has put his finger, could I say, on something in your life that needs to change, or you want to be better, or you want to wrestle, or you want to learn to rest, or both together, I'll pray, but it's you that has to respond. It's you that has to say, yes, Lord, lead me, guide me where you want me to go. It's you that has to say, teach me what you want me to do. I can't do it. Pastor can't do it. But if the Holy Spirit's speaking, and I believe he is, because I don't come just to give a good talk, and I don't come just to tell my experience. I come believing that what God gives me, he will use to encourage 
or challenge someone. If you are encouraged, give God praise and give God thanks. If you're challenged, obey what he's challenged you about. Okay, let's pray. Father, I just praise and thank you that you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, greater than any of us can even understand at this moment of time. And Father, I thank you that you have sent your Holy Spirit to speak into our hearts, to guide us, to convict us of wrongdoing, to encourage us to take a step further into your truth. And Father, I just pray that in the name of Jesus, that you will minister to each and every one man, woman, boy or girl in this meeting tonight whose heart is responding to you. Make it real in Jesus' name. And Lord, let them and others see the fruit of your moving this night for your glory. And we ask that sincerely in Jesus' name. Lord, bless this church. Bless the pastor. Bless the others at work. Bless the music. Just, Lord, take this church forward. It be mighty in this time for you. Warriors resting in the Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Good stuff, Doreen.